It's like he's trying to crunch as loud as he can. <laughs> <Yes>. I noticed <laughs> that his crunching intensified. I Did you start us, Chase? Yeah, oh, he's, oh, he's, he's rolling. Start, yeah. I think he's protesting the fact that we, out of all the thousands of microphones we have in the Coyote studio, we didn't set one additional one up for him. Well, he's the one that set it up. Yeah, we've, yeah. Heard, his, we've heard his feelings a little bit. I texted you yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was a four-microphone limit on this. Yeah, thing. well, that's what we told Chase. So. <laughs> no, he pulled the same thing last week. Remember his rapper, his donut rapper? And he was like, in the microphone. Mm, true just, enough. Yeah, there's always one, right? And if, if there has to be one, it might as well be Chase. That's what my wife told me. <laughs> <laughs> that's so witty. That's oh, right. that's all right. Good. You've earned your spot back on, <laughs> but not until next episode because we have again in the podcast studio the Brain Trust of fitness in the southeast. We're just going to keep expanding the kingdom that you guys reign over. All right. <laughs> so we had a discussion last episode. Of- uh, speaking of this kid that used to work out. Uh, at the gym and he moved back home. He, he was messaging me uh, yesterday on Instagram asking about some mats, the mats that we use. And he said, you bought any more gyms lately? I just imagine Cody taking over the South. <laughs> I was like, that's the goal. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're still, it's, it's been five whole weeks. We're trying to take a break before we buy something else. Right. Yeah. So it's spreading like wildfire. So, um, and also this podcast, I mean, you know, we're known in at least three counties across the state of Mississippi. So that's, <laughs> We got, the yeah, we got a plan there. Yeah, we got a ten year plan. No, yeah, Four. Three, yeah, three. we got we got a ten year plan counties. here. So, right. Uh, all right. So today we're having a really interesting conversation. One that always piques my interest because honestly, I feel like I go through seasons in my journey where I'm restarting my fitness journey based on whatever's going on in my life. So today we're going to talk about those first critical months as you enter into your fitness journey, specifically with Coyote, and then maybe even beyond beyond. How does that go? What are the pitfalls? What do we see uh, normally the things that fire people up? I mean, just all the way around this conversation, such a critical part of what goes on when you decide you're going to flip the switch in your life. I'd love to hear, and I know our listeners would love to hear more about that from you guys from your point of view. So where do we start? I just, I like the conversation because that's, um, so many people fall in love with the life change they experience through their health and fitness and they want to share it with other people. And I think they sometimes don't know how to explain it well. So, you know, a lot of the things we do just get turned into like a meme about people not being able to shut up about uh, CrossFit or whatever type of, you know, fitness they're doing mm-hmm. at the moment. All and the so, jokes about CrossFit being a cult that, you know, yeah, it comes honestly. It, sometimes. Yeah, it comes from that usually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then even, you know, even talking about healthy eating, like people get annoyed when you eat differently than they do. Like there's a lot of different, um, there's a lot of different pitfalls, I think, in the conversation of how to how to tell somebody about that. And it really hinders people from potentially taking that step into something that can be life-changing. So, um, Yeah, so it's kind of a conversation about how to do this well. Yeah, that's you right. Know? Yeah, not have those things that kind of accidentally happen to most of us. I mean, we've all found ourselves in this conversation where we're describing to someone who doesn't do CrossFit the workout for the day. You know, and then and then you say wad, and then after that, it just the wheels come off the bus. You, know, you start talking about all these things that people are like. I don't understand what you're talking about, and the more you talk, the less I care. Right. So we're trying trying to avoid some pitfalls there, but there is a certain level of excitement that honestly, I kind of wish at times that I could get back because it's so fresh and so new. And you're like, man, all all these workouts are happening. You're like I didn't even realize I could do that. You know, there's mm-hmm. it's an exciting part of the journey, isn't it? Yeah, for sure, and um. um 
you know, when, uh, when you're trying to explain it to somebody, it, it's hard when you, when you've been doing this for so long and you're, and you're very passionate about it. Like people talk about like having the, uh, you know, the, the elevator conversation or whatever. It's really, really hard to put CrossFit into an elevator conversation. <laughs> yeah. Bro, it was like a hundred deadlifts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you guys see this happen repeatedly people in, in this, uh, part of their fitness journey. What for you is the most exciting as people walk in the door and it's like there are two or three workouts in, you know, is there, can you anticipate or over the years have you learned like, man, this person's going to go on this kind of journey. I can't wait to see that. I actually, I just had a, had a girl uh, start who um, has done zero exercise since she played, uh, I think basketball in high school and like literally nothing, maybe ran here and there, but that was, uh, but that was about it. And, um, we went through the uh, went through the on ramp uh, process and um, you know got her uh, got her into class and one thing that I that I tried to make sure that I kept repeating to her and that that really got her fired up. I t- I was telling her you are going to see results in your what you are physically able to do. You're going to see results so fast it's going to blow your mind. Mm. And she went uh, she has gone from you know she was not able to do three burpees like what we have we have a warm-up in our in like i think it's our third day of second or third day of on ramp where you do like four burpees like three rounds of it in the warm-up and she could not do them i think and she's been there for a month last week she did a she did a workout with 40 burpees did full 40 burpees in it wow and And we're still and we're still finishing with with the rest of the class yeah yeah Yeah. so you 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 can see like man this learning curve is going to be really quick for some people there's always a moment either a lot of times it comes on, I think it's day three of the on-ramp when they do the wall ball burpee workout. Is that day three or day four? Three. Day yeah. three. It's either in that workout or usually one of their first or second workouts in class where they just, you can see the look on their face when their eyes get really big and they're just like, oh my gosh, like, I, what have I got myself <laughs> or they Or they yeah. start apologizing yeah. to you like, I'm yeah. sorry, I just can't go anymore. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. And you're yeah. like, don't apologize. Yeah, okay. or, the they, process. or they get the whole, like, I can't believe that I've let myself get to this yeah, point. Yeah, that. And then also, I can't believe how fast these other people are doing this workout. And like, <laughs> there's this guy that did the Bring a Friend Week in January in uh, Gluckstadt. And I think it was his first week of actual class and I was coaching the class he was in. And I saw him. He got to this second round of whatever workout we were doing, and his eyes got a little real big. And he was looking side to side, and then he looked at me, and I could just tell he was in utter shock at how everybody was going so fast and how bad he was hurting. And because he was trying to keep up with everybody else to start with, you yeah, know, which I always idea. tell people, I'm like, don't pay attention to what you know, but that just happens. Yeah. And there's always that moment of, wow, this is completely different than anything I've ever done. This is really hard, and it's really the people that can get past that and say, I want to get better at this, they're usually going to stick with a long time, and other people are just like, this isn't for me, and you can kind of see it on their face too. I'll say this is one of the things, which I know we can talk about this, but the reason why we do our on-ramp process the way we do is so we can have those moments in a one-on-one setting or a one-on-two you know, with a couple or a family. The value of being able to – not let someone be overwhelmed while also being in a group of 10 to 15 people is so important to the process for them because that's going to determine the way they approach everything and whether or not they feel like this is for me or this isn't for me. A lot of times they come in and it's black or white. It's like yes or no instead of walking through the conversation of, oh, this is a a 
transition phrase, you know, where I go phase where I go step by step into becoming something else or almost feeling like a different person. And so the value of being able to do that with the attention of a coach in that setting where they don't feel overwhelmed is vital to someone's success. And so we talk about this a lot. People ask, you know, they want their friend to come in so bad and they ask if they can come and try class and we would love for them to try class and love it. But I don't think people understand how much fitter they are than their friends that are doing either nothing or some other type of fitness. They don't quite realize they, I think we all take for granted what we're capable of doing physically and they're not their friends aren't necessarily ready for that, and it can be very detrimental to them getting started. Yeah. And it can be extremely intimidating and even frustrating, and they do not come back. We see that over and over again. I uh, There was a point, uh, we used to allow people to bring their friend for free on Saturday, and that's something that, you know, when we've bought other gyms, people got really frustrated that we wouldn't let them bring their friend on Saturday. But we made that decision. There was a point when I remember I went back and started counting waivers that we had had from Saturdays. And it was hundreds, hundreds of waivers, and none of them had signed up. Wow. None of them. And I was like, how are all these people coming on Saturday? But you saw it over and over and over on Saturday. You think, I'm going to bring my friend. They'll be my partner in this work- partner workout. Well, they can't keep up with you, but they're going to try to, and they're going to get absolutely crushed and throw up or just like not be able to move for a week. And they're like, wow, that was way too hard. I'm never going back to that. And so – what I realize is we're doing all those people a disservice by letting them come and try it for free. You think you're helping them out by giving them something free, a free trial. No, you're doing the opposite. You're keeping them from doing something that can literally change their life because you're not, you're not letting them start it in the right way. And so that's why we made that decision. And so we still you know, have to try to explain that to people, but most people don't, they don't understand that because they don't have the perspective. They just say, well, how come we can, they can't come for free? You know, But it's because we want what's best for them and we want them to be able to come in and actually get the get the progress and the changes that you know the 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 life changing changes that that can can happen inside the gym but if they get beat down on the first day and never come back then we we were not able to help them do that so there's a general lack of understanding out there um i think and the reason i say that is because i start talking with someone about crossfit it's not long before they say all right, when is there a person there yelling at you and how far do you have to push the plywood? <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's There's nobody not, yelling at you. That's not how this goes, yeah, you know? Yeah. So maybe it would be good if we just took a few minutes to describe, we've used phrases like on ramp and all of that. How, you walk in and this happens quite frequently at, at all of our locations. Someone walks in even during a class time and they're looking around like, who do I talk to? Once they decide, all right, I'm going to sign up for this. What happens then? How long is the on ramp and when do they join in the class? And do, does everybody have to do fitness track for a certain period of time, or how does that go? Um, so we've uh, recently just kind of uh, tweaked our uh, our on ramp uh, our on ramp process to where now we uh, we run it in uh, we run it in cycles where a new cycle starts every two weeks, and we have slots available where you can sign up for it. And um, so if somebody comes in, we let them know. You know, this is we have uh, we have a new one starting on Monday. Here's your, uh, these are the opportunities for you to come in and uh, get started. What time would you like to do? And then once, uh, once they're in our, our actual, what we do in the, uh, in the on-ramp has not, uh, has not changed. We're going to make sure that we really push the, uh, 
the nine foundational movements. We're going to make sure that uh, that they have a good understanding of like what uh, when we say AMRAP, what that means, what why is that different from doing something for time or for load. But what I really what I really enjoy about the on ramp process is it's an opportunity for me to give somebody context, not just this is what we're doing, but this is why we do it, and this is why it's important. And uh, that's what really gets lost when people come in and they do, you know, just want to come try a class. Well, like you can't just come in here and try a class and know what it is, try one CrossFit class and know what it is and know what it's about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's a couple of sessions and on-ramp goes for a couple of sessions. Yeah. It's five sessions. Each one has a different category of movement, but like what Chris is trying to say with the difference between just the foundational movements, the value of that is that there's time for a cool down discussion where you can explain the why of what you're doing instead of just showing them what they're doing and hoping they catch up and just asking them to trust you that, you know, that really hard thing that you did is going to benefit you. We actually have that conversation with them. They get to know you, you get to know their goals. So you can actually coach them towards the thing that they wanted when they stepped in the door in the first place. And so the cool down discussion, we get to talk about nutrition. We talk about, um, you know, why does all this hard work in this financial investment What's going to make the what's going to help me in the biggest, I guess, step forward in that. Um, And for a lot of people, it's going to be a nutritional change. Um, And so we take a really large chunk of our third day and talk about that. Um, And so I think by them getting to know the coach in that setting, it helps build trust Um, and that they can go at their own pace. It doesn't have to be, man, jump in and try to catch up with all these people who are doing all these crazy things I've never done before. It's helping them feel comfortable that, no, you come in exactly how you are and we're going to tailor this to where you're at right now. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be able to take steps forward at your own pace. Building that relational rapport. And I've seen each of you do it. Chris, I've seen you do it a lot. Uh, even with my own family members, once that person transitions out of on-ramp and they're getting into those classes, you guys are aware, Hey, this person is pretty fresh on the floor right yeah. now. And you're watching, yeah, you're watching them with their, with (laughs) movement standards, but it's not just that it's, there's a lot going on emotionally in this athlete at this particular period of time. Like, how do I make sure that I'm close and available as a coach? And, and there's a huge retention, you know, and like I said, I've seen that in in my own family. Now I've got a family member that's dragging me to the gym, you know, instead of me just trying to get to the gym by myself and all that was solidified in on-ramp because like, whoa, this dude cares. You know, yeah. and, it's, and it's not my dad. There's another guy out there that cares and can, can walk me through this process and cares what I want to get out of this. Yeah, yeah. that's so, such a huge part of that. And like what Caleb was saying with like learning their goals and things like that, um, like this, uh, that girl that I was that I was talking about earlier, you know, we, we talked about some things that she wants to achieve. And, you know, like weight loss is something that she wants to do. She wants to, you know, she wants to get stronger and things like that. And so we talked about, OK, well, consistency is going to be the first thing that's going to allow us to get to that. So I'm going to, when you come in, I'm going to have the workout probably changed a little bit though. You'll have like, I'll go over it, but I'm going to hand you a whiteboard and I'm like, this is what I want you to do. It'll be basically the same stuff. The volume might change and everything. But the thing is, is like, we've got to be able to make sure that you stay coming in here. Mm -hmm. So I steadily, 
I've uh, over the course of several weeks, I've steadily built her up to where she's getting a little bit closer to matching the same volume as everybody else. And, you know, she's done a few full on, but uh, it just kind of depends on what the uh, what the workout is. But uh, so that gives them a little bit of confidence, knowing that they, they're not just going to dread coming into the gym and they're not going to be chasing some arbitrary, you know, level or anything like that. I, Here's what you're going to do. You're going to do well at it, and you're going to be fine. Like pull-up. The word pull-up gets thrown around a lot. Yes. Like pull-up to people or even push-up for a lot of people can be the most intimidating thing in the world. Um, we've had people that have been invited to come to class, and the workout was pull-ups, and they think, oh, I can't do one strict pull-up is kind of what they're thinking in their mm-hmm. mind. Uh, I've never been able to do that in my entire life. I can't do these classes. And so when you go through on-ramp, you just show them the variations of pull-ups that someone in their 70s could do. They just had no idea that that was even an option because in their mind, they think strict pull-ups or nothing or (laughs) butterfly pull-ups or nothing, you know, even worse. And so just showing people through that, that, oh, when we say pull-up, when we say push-up, there's a lot of things that you're going to do great at and that you can do right this second. And so... That is just the biggest confidence boost for people is eliminating the intimidation factor. Which isn't easy to do. It's not. No, it's not. Not at all. It's always there. Even people that have been there for years, I mean, you can come in and, you know, see people who have been there for years and they watch somebody doing like walking on their hands or doing bar muscle ups, ring muscle ups or lifting a ton of weight. And everybody's just like, wow, you know, no matter how far you get, there's always somebody that's farther ahead of you. So there's always going to be that factor, but that's one of the beautiful things about it is there's always going to be room to progress. If you can keep that mind, that growth mindset of I'm, I'm going to try to get better today as opposed to, you know, focusing on I can't do what they, they can do and beat yourself up over it. So can we bring up a really dangerous word? We're talking about this like three to five month, three to six month time domain inside the first part of the journey. Let's bring up a word that's really famous in, in the fitness industry, and that's plateau. Uh, everybody likes to talk about the plateau or I've plateaued or I, I did this particular thing for a long time. I feel like I've plateaued. Do you guys see inside of that three to six months that there's some, like a second layer of resistance that's hit someone like, man, this was going great for two months, but now I'm like, things aren't going quite so well. Or when does that first thing happen there? That I, that I would probably say is you, you think more in terms of years before before that plateau really starts, especially if they've never done anything before, it's going to be a long time that they can do. They can stay with what they're doing, ring rows, push ups from the knees. They can do that for a long time and still get uh, still get results. It's very very rare. That, and even if you come from just you know pretty frequent recreational exercise, and then you go into CrossFit, you're probably not within the first year going to start plateauing. And I and I think at that point, if your results are slowing down, then then you. The typically that type of person is they don't have their diet in check. They don't yeah. have their sleep in check. They don't have their recovery in check. They, you can make a lot of progress by just showing up to the gym and not worrying about what you're eating and whatever. You get stronger, you get fitter, all that type of stuff. But eventually, if you're eating like crap every day and drinking all the time and not getting enough sleep and stressed out at work, your, your body is going to stop progressing. And then that's when if somebody does get to that point, and then we can start looking at their other lifestyle factors and Typically, you'll see it with body composition first. If people's getting fitter, but their body's not really changing, then we can really start saying what's your diet look like and that type of thing. Um, and then you can look at the other aspects as well. But, I mean, I had this conversation uh, with a guy this week, and he was asking about, you know, he's been he's doing basically two-a-days 
almost every single day and training a lot. And then, but he felt like he did worse in the open this year than last year. And then I said, okay, well, let's look at what's, what, what outside of the gym do you have going on? Are you tracking your food? Are you getting enough sleep? Are you doing enough mobility? Maybe you're doing too much. You need to back off and do less. You know, there's always little things you can tweak, but really you can continue to progress for decades doing this if you're checking all the boxes but you're only going to be able to progress if you're only checking one box for a certain amount of time. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I think we the reason I call that word plateau out is because people have learned to say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What they're really saying is I'm not making the progress I want to based on the effort I'm putting in. Yes. I stopped making effort in some of the big piece areas, like mm-hmm. those big boxes that you need to check. Um, sometimes people keep the gym and because it's the most – physically taxing they think that's the most important one when it doesn't matter what program you have in the gym if you sleep for five hours or you continually you know have alcohol throughout the week and on the weekends you know it it's gonna have an effect training doesn't change that at all mm-hmm. initially for people yeah. it can it's like your body's shocked into making adaptations but like hunter said eventually if you're not checking those other things you're going to feel that plateau, but it's not a plateau. You're just, yeah, you're, it, you're it, it taking may, away all the progress that your gym would create the mm-hmm. recovery that you would create. Um, and sometimes, and sometimes, it. It, sometimes it's, it's a season of life. It's not really necessarily that you are, that you have hit your peak and you have plateaued. That's probably not really what's uh, what's going what's happening, on. There's yeah. probably, I mean, you, some, you move, you change jobs, you do something, uh, you do something like that. There's so many things that, you know, indirectly affect your sleep and your nutrition and things like that. And that's prob- that's more than likely what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. Especially around here. I mean, you think about, and we're about to march into the season where people are at the pool, they're dragging the Yeti in there. It's full of, it's full of a day's worth of beer, you know, but they, and our food recall is terrible. We've talked about this on, uh, on the podcast before. But they get to Thursday and like, man, you know what? I'm so frustrated. This just isn't working for me. But I'm like, oh, maybe it could be the Yeti full of beer that you had a couple of days ago. You know, could be affecting I don't know you. What here. the deal is? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But I just think you know we see over and over again that there are different points of resistance that happen, and there are a couple of things that happen in those first six months that are kind of shocking. The one we talk about the most is, wait a minute, I'm gaining weight. What's going on here? You know, I've gained three pounds. What is this about? You mm-hmm. know, so there's a couple of different pitfalls that that rapport and that relationship with the coach can really help mitigate the panic there. That's why we really prioritize the in-body and want, we're about to have one at every one of our locations so people can do an in-body when they start and then do them consistently so they can see even, you know, I, I don't know how many times we've seen somebody's weight go up but their body fat percent go down four or five percent because they're – that, yeah, their weight went up, but if you look how many pounds of fat they have on them, they've lost a whole bunch of like 10, 15 pounds of body fat and just put on more muscle. And so that's why their weight is going up. And so you can really dig in and see that. Um, but yeah, most people do put on a little bit of weight when they start because they're building muscle really, really fast because their body, like Caleb said, is in shock. And it's like, what is yeah. this going on? I got to, I got to do <laughs> we something. We better do something. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I've got a, I've got a couple who started, uh, who started with us and, um, the husband just started working with, uh, with Caleb doing the uh, nutrition coaching. And, um, yeah, he had voiced to me that he was frustrated because, uh, his wife had lost like seven pounds within the first, I think 20 days. And he, I don't think uh, the scale really moved at all for him. And so Caleb mm-hmm. had to have a conversation with him about that. And, um, just to explain, you know, the, that the weight on the, the weight on the scale is, is just a number and it does not tell the entire story. We almost always see people when they start brand new 
almost guaranteed no change to their diet at all, maintaining their body weight, their muscle is going to go up two or three pounds and they're going to lose two or three pounds of body fat, but their weight's going to stay the same. And so that kind of happens for the first couple weeks, months, and then it comes to a point where they're like, okay, and maybe that's a plateau type thing that they're mm-hmm. thinking, even though their body, like their physical capacity is changing, there comes a point where you realize that I have to make an effort outside of the gym, the other 23 hours of the day, in order to not remain the same. Because we see it a lot. People can come into the gym and do all the burpees and the hardest workout they want to and do the 60-minute class and not see quote-unquote results. Um, And so I think maybe that plateau is just people, you know, that light switch going off in their mind that, oh, this doesn't work unless it's a – if. I'm taking steps to be healthier in my eating and my stress management for most people to sleep. Yeah. This is where I'm just asking a question here. Is this where kind of the basics we talk about all the time with the protein and the water and the sleep and limiting alcohol, all those things are there to kind of uh, help combat the self-sabotage. That that's the goal. Like these are the things that are most likely causing the most problems outside of the hour. Uh, I think they're just the, the fundamentals that need to, in, in order, you know, order for you to make progress, those are the boxes that need to be checked. You, if you're not getting enough protein, your body's going to start breaking down muscle to get amino acids. That's just science. That's that's how the body works. And so, if you're never getting enough protein, no matter how much strength work you're doing, your body's just going to keep breaking down muscle because it needs amino acids constantly. Um, if you're not getting enough water, your metabolism is not going to function at the at at the highest level it could. Your 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 digestion is going to be off. Your energy levels are going to be low. If you're eating too much. If you eat more than you you burn every day, you're going to store fat. I mean, all that stuff is just simple biology, and so that's the stuff that you have to do. And but for most people, yes, they're not getting enough protein. Our American diet is a high fat, high carb, low protein diet, and so we have to work with people on that. Most people don't drink enough water. They drink coffee and Coke and um, energy drinks all day long, and drink thirty ounces of water. You know, most people don't get enough sleep. They, you know, America is work work hard. You know work hard till you're dead, you know, no rat, you know, the harder you work, the more, more, um, the farther you're going to get in life. And so most people work, you know, sleep five, six, seven hours a night. And then when they are relaxed and they're watching Netflix or on their phone in bed and all, all that stuff that we just see over and over and over again, it's just contrary to what the basics are for making progress and being a healthy human. I think the biggest one that I'm starting to see more and more with people as people are coming to me and expressing their challenge sleeping, which affects their energy levels the next day, which affects their choices they make. You know, when you're tired, you're less likely to make healthy choices. You're going to find a coping mechanism and usually it's food. Um, And so for a lot of people, I think even something as simple as like scrolling through your phone at night in bed, trying to go to sleep right after scrolling through Facebook and seeing all the cool things other people are doing, all the things you wish you had, all the pictures, you know, and or all those things. Even worse, all the all the crap you see. All the crap you see. I mean, you can get your heart rate up immediately after scrolling through, and now everything is just this like choose a side on every issue, and it's highly, highly volatile conversations that are happening, and so people are getting so fired up on the social media accounts that of course you can't sleep after seeing someone else who you went to high school with who has an opinion on some war, some political conversation that's different than yours, and that gets your heart rate up. And then you scroll to the next picture, and it's someone doing something you're slightly jealous of or whatever. And I know these are big things, but 
I think just trying to tone those things down, people don't connect that to exercise and your nutrition and you know your body composition changing and your in-body scan. How does Facebook relate to your in-body scan? Well, you know, 80% of your human growth hormone uh, is produced when you're sleeping. And if you're sleeping for five hours, it's going to have an effect on it. And so trying to just, I don't know where we got to this conversation, but just trying to help people hopefully encourage them to take little steps that produce what they want in the end, why they're doing the burpees in the end can a lot of times be accomplished through, you know, taking those steps that maybe they didn't correlate how water affects their craving for snack foods. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, what launched us in this direction was self-sabotage, which we're all familiar with that. Uh, But I, I think learning what those things are that are that I'm doing that are combating the very things, the very goals I'm trying to get to. And I may be laying it all out on the line every, every day when I go in six days a week in the location, but I'm doing these really subtle things that are cumulative over the rest of the hours that I have that are, those things are fighting me. My, my phone scroll is fighting me. We just posted, I just, I sent Hunter this little, like this picture of like how all these companies are obviously pulling out of Russia right now, but it's all these things that like are detrimental to your health. And it's like, so, and it showed Russia and it's like spaceships flying everywhere. It's like (laughs) Russia in six months after McDonald's, uh, Coca-Cola, Netflix, Netflix, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all these things. And it was just like, we're setting them up for success. I know you're being funny, but it's like, you just eliminated like how much chronic disease from people, how much distraction, quality of sleep, all these things. And Mm -hmm. it just was like. Man, we are kind of self-sabotaging ourselves mm-hmm. accidentally. Uh, yeah, accidentally. It's learned, and a lot of it's learned behavior. And something I'm noticing as you guys are talking to, I can't remember. I legitimately cannot remember a political-based conversation I've had at Coyote in years. I mean, it's just that's not what we're there for. It's like, amazing. Uh, yeah, there's it's, a challenge yeah. in front yeah. of us. We're all thinking about that, and we're all for each other. You know, it's like we're working in the right way, thinking about the right things. You know, so part of the question I have is how much of this first six months is is actually really about habit change? It feels like that's the crux it's of the It's all matter. about habit change. And, yeah. and it's all about getting into the habit of showing up at the gym at the same time on the same days every single week, week after week after week. And then you get in the habit of making sure you're eating the right foods, getting enough protein, you know, drinking water, all that type of stuff. Um, and the more habit, healthy habits you develop, the more progress you're going to make. And the people who are the fittest are the ones with the most healthy habits. And that's just how, how the, that's the bottom line. During, uh, during our on-ramp, we talk about the, uh, the three things that's going to make you successful. And one, uh, one is consistency. The other is a uh, positive mindset and nutrition. And, um, we talk about how if you, if you get two out, if you get two out of three, you're going to see some results. If you get all three down, you're going to have amazing results. That's right. And, um, so, you know, consistency, we, we cannot, you know, push that enough. That is the absolute bedrock to, mm-hmm. uh, to everything of what we do. Um, the, uh, the positive mindset. Yeah. I think th- those two, for me, I tell people when they go through arm, those are the two low hanging fruits. Get here, you know, ha- be, co- you know, be, have an open mind, be coachable. And then, you know, and as I'm, as I was sitting here thinking about something I should probably start pushing on people is encouraging them to get to know the people that you're in class with because mm-hmm. they can feed, uh, you know, feed you a lot of good, uh, a lot of good advice and a lot of information. And I mean, and if they're, if they're in the CrossFit gym and they're, they're there every day and you're getting to know them, you know, they're probably very 
type A people, they're probably, you know, the kind of people you want to surround yourself with mm-hmm. and um, kind of building up a, uh, building up a little bit of a little bit of a home team for yourself to help keep you encouraged. The mindset one is probably the hardest one too, to develop for people because it's just, just, it's so easy to focus on the negative and complaining about, uh, I hate running or I hate burpees or this is going to be a hard workout or, you know, what a million and one different things you can complain about. I don't like this workout. I, why, why do we do it this way? Why don't we do it another way? And the people that are always talking about that type of stuff, they're not the ones that are making a whole lot of progress. The ones that are making progress are like, hey, I'm here to work out. I'm going to give it my best effort, and I'm going to leave and go on. And they're, they're more positive and uplifting. And um, the more you can um, think about positivity, growth mindset, um, focus on your effort. You can't control what the workout is in, when you show up that day. You can't control what – I can't control what Caleb gets on the workout. All I can control is my effort, and the more you can focus on that and improve that, the more progress you're going to make in the long term. But that is for sure the hardest because we're human nature is to to dwell in the negative and complain and all that type of stuff. You can accidentally create a lot of stress in trying to create these healthy habits. You can accidentally create a lot of stress from the healthy habits. Like you can create stress for yourself by focusing on things that are out of your control that are happening at the gym, and a lot of people get super stressed out about it. And so I think that's something that secretly can kind of create a plateau is your mindset. And you don't even realize it, that it's your mindset. But um, one thing going back to the on-ramp and getting and having new people and their experience in the gym, it really is cool to see how, like you said about the, the political commentary or the complaining and things. And yeah, people do. It definitely is. We're all growing in that, but those kind of things just, aren't at home and they stand out as awkward in the gym. Mm-hmm. You know, those negative things, mm-hmm. those negative thoughts, the, you know, all the things you have at work, the work gossip, the, you know, whatever you're talking to your friends Comparison. about. Yeah. It just, yeah. it's like, it doesn't really happen in the gym. And so I think that's one of the hidden benefits of why it's easier to eat healthy, have them have a clear mind um, and kind of positive thinking around new habits is because it's what everybody around you is doing and so people that step into the gym, they don't realize that it's happening, but subtly they're becoming a more positive person. They're seeing, they're embracing challenges as not a negative, but as a positive thing. And that, I think we do hear that it helps people in their life outside the gym. Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, I think we can clearly say that there's just no oxygen for negativity inside of coyote or when people walk in it's awkward if it happens and no one really knows that it's happening probably a lot of people aren't thinking about it but it's Mm -hmm. just it's like oh that's kind of an awkward thing like Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I, i love that about how this spills out into other areas of our lives and i'm one of those guys that actually leans on and y'all may be this way too i lean on that because i've got kind of a negative default and I can tell if I don't get into the gym over a couple of days, that starts to creep back in. I just realized what a, for lack of a better term, what a backstop those classes are for me and being around that group of people that really don't care about whether I'm winning or losing at this stupid thing I'm thinking about so much. Mm-hmm. It's we're together and we're all making progress towards towards this goal. And it's really a beautiful part of I think that's the thing that inside of this six months that just hooks people mm-hmm. like, man i can't i may not be exactly where i want to be in my body fat percentage goal but i know i'm getting there what i don't want to give up is i've got a really positive community that seems to be going places like let's get there together yes you know? very true. Re- really big deal over over the six months so 
in an effort to kind of wrap this this uh, part of the conversation up, and I know you guys get to do this a lot. So someone's starting this journey, and they're like, man, six months. That sounds like a long time. I haven't been able to stick with anything for six months. Like, what sort of advice do you tell people at that phase? I tell, uh, I try to tell people just first, first off, um, don't worry about what you're going to have to do that day. Don't just, you worry about just getting there. If you can get there, it's my job to make sure that you, that you're going to get the, uh, that you're going to get the benefit from it. You're coming in to get results. It's my job to put, to point you in the right direction. That way, all you got to do is show up and do the work. I like that. So I like to I re- trust the process. Yeah, I really like- try to encourage people to take the same class every day. Go ahead and plan ahead. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, I'm a 430 guy. And if you're at the 430 class, you're going to see me. Because if you go, we all know every gym and every class has those people that if you go to that class, you're going to see that person every single day. And nine times out of ten, probably nine, nine times out of hundred, hundred, they're one of the fittest people in the gym. And so if you can become the the 430 guy, the 530 guy, whatever fits your schedule and put it on your calendar and make everything else work around it, you can plan ahead and make that habit. If you can develop that habit, like we talked about before, it's going to be harder for you not to show up than it is to show up. And so really try to don't worry about what place you get in the workout. Don't worry about whether you can do a movement or not. Don't worry about anything other than making sure you show up consistently. And then once you get three to six months in and you don't even have to worry about that anymore, okay, now let's start really digging down and trying to set some performance goals and really get, you know, other stuff locked in. But that's the first and foremost thing is develop that habit. Yeah. There'll be time for the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we try to make – I mean, I really – I love that we've been able to shape a culture going from 30 members, you know, and growing to – for Flowwood, for where I am every day, getting to see, you know, shaping that culture – what it's become in the end is like you just don't hear terms like, oh, I beat them or all these comparisons. Like beat, that term doesn't even exist at our gym. Mm-hmm. Um, and what it creates is lower anxiety, lower barrier to entry, more encouragement, more um, just a response to doing challenging things and being willing to put yourself out there. And when that exists, it creates a freedom to – come in every day no matter if you feel great or not but to create a habit and that's what leads to the results in the end and so I think just having that positivity and having a place a safe place where people can go whether they feel like a one or they feel like a 10 for that day um, and that to me is what is most encouraging for people that come in that are brand new and I want them to see is like again we've talked about a lot the consistency piece you don't have to feel like you don't have to feel your best every day to um to make progress, you know, just, just showing up is going to be what leads to what leads to the goal that they have. Yeah. Isn't that ironic that, that, that the focus is not getting people to the most elite level of fitness inside of CrossFit, but the more that, that you guys pursue this model, actually that's happening as well. More people are getting involved and you're not having to tip the scales and cater to one side uh, of of the metric here. It's it, both. We were calculating the quarterfinalist and we had, I can't remember how many we had, but we were like, there was a bunch of people that almost made it that weren't even trying to make it. And they're like, man, if I would just would have redone one of these workouts, I would have made it to the quarterfinals, which is a really, you know, that's top 10% in the whole North America in the sport of fitness, which yeah. is, when you think about it, that's really, really impressive. And if we have that many people that almost made it just without even trying, and there's other people that did make it without even trying, that's pretty amazing. 
Yeah, I, th- I think it is. And maybe I would say what's even more amazing is that you guys aren't sitting around in the think tank saying, hey, how do we get more people to this? It's like, no, what we're doing is working. Right. We're just going to keep doing what we're doing, mm-hmm. and this percentage is going to grow and grow and grow. So for those that are listening that are in this phase of that starting to six month, like we say this a lot, the people of Coyote are for you, and you keep showing up, and you're going to see the results. And everybody's been through that phase, and uh, a few of us have been through that phase a few times, so <laughs> the, the first month to the sixth month, right? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, the, the results are going to be there, and the transformation is going to be there. Just keep at it. Be encouraged. You're doing a good thing There's for yourself. There's Ben's advice. Only go through that phase once. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Don't, don't That's go right. through yeah. it twice. Yeah, please don't do that. Yeah, it's definitely more difficult the second time Yeah, to go through it. All right, so uh, to the most anticipated segment of our episodes each time they're released. Outside the box! Just trying to go for the reverb. It's not, nice. Nice. No, it's not happening. So it's too much carpet in the studio this time around. So, <laughs> uh, All right, so things that we're pursuing outside the gym that we think uh, our listeners would find interesting. Ready? Go. I uh, So March Madness starts today. Now, I was telling you guys I filled out a bracket yesterday. And without, you got any money riding on this bracket? No. Okay. Zero dollars and zero minutes of watching college basketball <laughs> under my belt this year. But I went for That's it. That's perfect. <laughs> so we'll Isn't see there a team in Kansas somewhere? <laughs> I, I, picked, uh, I picked Auburn, Kentucky, uh, Gonzaga, and Arizona as my final four. And then I think I picked Arizona to win against Gonzaga in the final. So we'll see what happens. I used to – I posted about this the other day, but I don't know if you guys did this. I – I one year had no idea, but I got sick during March Madness, and I realized how amazing it was to be at home and not have to watch Price is Right and Mm -hmm. then get to that lull at like one o'clock where there's nothing on. You know, the morning's okay because you got Sports Center. You got, (laughs) no, you know, for real, for real, you had had the Sports Center at nine, then you watched it again at 10. Oh, I used to watch it like four times in a row. But after twice, it's like, all right, I've already seen these highlights. Price is Right comes on, hit that, and then it's like, go to the movies, whatever. But one year I was accidentally sick during March Madness, and I realized I was like, this is the best day of my life. And <laughs> I fake sick the next year at right. the same time and stayed and home still for two days. days. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, that whole gut health. Yeah. 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 <laughs> got food poisoning. Yeah, right? exactly. Again? No, so, so I remember doing that. It was like, this is like this was Christmas when I was a kid, and now I've kind of lost interest in college I used to watch but, all the games when I was a kid, too. Yeah. I remember my mom uh, came in. And she used to have a TV in her sewing room, so I'd go in there and watch, and I was watching, like, Valley play somebody. Like, <laughs> you miss me, Valley State. No, like, why are you watching Valley play? I literally just pictured – I was in bed with a highlighter, and I was just going through, like, all – because even technology with the brackets and all the things they do now oh, on yeah. a whole app is completely different. Then we did not have that. You, I went out and – we dial up internet, you print off the bracket, and mm-hmm. then you have your paper bracket with you, and you have to keep up with like Mine was what even, you won to do I, the percentages. I, and I had a highlighter with me. It yeah. was like X, and then I'd like highlight the wins. Mine was before the internet. I had the paper. The Clary <laughs> Ledger had the full page, <laughs> one, and I would oh, yeah. tear it off the page and fill oh, it up. Oh, <laughs> before the, the internet. For the newspaper. Yeah. Wow, yeah. So we're in the, well, that always makes for some exciting uh, sports news for sure. Let's bring this up. Uh, Brady's back. How are we feeling about this? Not a fan. It's not a fan. I, 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 yeah, and uh, and I like I like Brady. I'll, I always did like Brady, but uh, I just I don't like it when uh, when athletes do this. 
when you give this uh this long you know heartfelt goodbye or whatever eh, i'm gonna come back but yeah. he never said he was retiring i remember when he first posted it and mm-hmm. bill sims was talking about that he said he didn't say he was retiring if you if you read it close closely he was just saying thank you mm-hmm. and so he was like i think bill thought he was going to come back for the 49ers, 49ers and yeah. i think he wanted to come back to the 49ers but tampa bay was like we're not trading him and i mean yeah. they said they came out and said it. they're like we're not trading him so he's like well I guess if I want to play, I have to play for Tampa Bay. So that's why he said he's coming back. But I think he left the door open to be able to come back because he never officially said he was retiring. Even with those details, though, that is not a recipe for success in a season. Like, I don't really want to play here. I think uh, at the end of football season, a lot of those guys are just so worn down. They're all just like, I don't want to do this anymore. And then Mm -hmm. once they get away from it for a couple months, they're like, okay, I can do it another year. I saw saw somebody say – like Tom Brady sitting on the couch telling his kids to uh, to turn the TV down for the fifth time. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna go back and play. <laughs> no, that and uh, all the gas price jokes about him yeah. having oh, to come yeah. back to afford <laughs> to, to afford, afford the gas, the gas. Right, right? Yeah, but yeah, that's the only benefit of that little half retirement was all the memes that came out about him oh, yeah, being at home with his family for two weeks and being like, all right, I'm going back. <laughs> uh, I mean, if, if, if that guy is one of the most, if not the most competitive person football history, like I'm not that surprised that he couldn't give it. He can't give it up. I was more surprised that Aaron Rodgers is going back to green Bay and that he signed. So yeah, fast. that was, I thought for sure he was gone. Well, but, here's my concern. I'm, I'm wondering like, uh, do we have, he's yes, he's very competitive. He's also very smart. Uh, which is a little confusing to me right now with the decision he made. But are we in a like Michael Jordan, Brett Favre kind of situation where he's really going to damage his legacy to some degree with this Washington Wizards crap? Yeah, I hope I hope not. But I, hope I so. mean, he can throw better than uh, Peyton Manning can his last season. <laughs> yeah, he won a Super Bowl. <laughs> hey, easy, man. Man. easy. No, I can throw rough. better than Peyton Manning could <laughs> his last season. <laughs> Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl. Dude. Look, that was the most exciting part about watching Peyton Manning when he had to like actually hand off to a running back. Right. You're like, is he gonna make it? <laughs> like bent over, like completely out of breath. <laughs> I mean, he's, his ball is wobbling so bad when he's oh, throwing. Oh man, like, 10 that's yards why he had to get so oh. so good at the offense because he it was hard for him to throw and he definitely. Definitely couldn't hand it off to an NFL speed running back. I, t- I tell you what, though, uh, with, with uh, Ben Roethlisberger definitely retired at the right time. Yeah. Watching him play football was like watching oh. your dad play in the backyard <laughs> yeah. with all the neighborhood kids. <laughs> just like he was kind of shoving them down, too, could barely yeah. move. It was so funny when he would get sacked because like the first guy would hit him, but he wouldn't fall down. Then the next guy would jump on top, and then it would take like five people to tackle him because he's so big. <laughs> they would all just like just like that. They would have, all topple down. Have, you, have y'all ever seen the video of uh, Roethlisberger at practice? They're doing that drill. They drop back and they've got a uh, uh, one of the assistant coaches throwing um, throwing tackling dummies at them or the little blocking shields mm-hmm. and they're supposed to move out of the way and avoid them. He's just knocking them down. <laughs> <with his hands. laughs> he's so big, like you take for granted how big he is. I mean, he's almost three hundred pounds, probably. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the advantages to going and seeing professional athletes in person. You just realize the scale. Like even the smallest guy out there is huge mm-hmm. NFL players are all huge and then the NBA I think is the most like you go see those guys they are so tall mm-hmm. it's unbelievable how tall they are and how smooth they move for being as tall because we all know that one guy who was seven feet tall and couldn't make a layup you know yeah. <laughs> like he can't catch a ball because he's so uncoordinated yeah boy that's the truth yeah so I, I think you know I don't know that Brady's dominating sports news right now of course with Mars Madness but I've heard a lot of people that don't follow sports talking about that at a restaurant the other day, and I see it on on the television. There, Sports Center's got it rolling. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I guess we'll see. But I think NFL is about to be as about as popular as it's ever been. Coming off this last 
playoffs and how fun it was and all the young guys coming up. And uh, I think it's going to be a really, really talked about think, year leading into this year. It's good. It's good to see a little bit of parody in the yeah. league again. And um, if you're a, uh, if you're a Cowboys fan, you're not going to be super excited about this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. It's been true a lot, I guess. And a Saints fan yeah. too. History, yeah. 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 Things change, man, especially with the league like that. I mean, and that's really, I think, a testament to the design, you know, uh, making sure that we don't have too many super teams. Although you got the Patriots that kind of I think bust the curve just, on I think that. you're just starting to see the uh, quarterbacks start to come into their prime who have been working, being, working with professional coaches since they were like 10 years old, you know, working on being a quarterback and playing high school in an actual passing offense. Like when I was in high school – we threw the ball like 10 times a game, maybe. maybe. Now all these kids are all throwing the ball in junior high and sixth grade. So by the time they're in pros, they've already been throwing the ball for 15 years, which it was not the case before. So now all these guys are so good. By the time they get to the league, it's just taking the the game to a whole nother level. And then they changed all the rules to make it more passer friendly too. So it's about to be really another fun, fun year in NFL this year. I think it's really kind of just – pulling away from all the other sports as far as popularity goes. Speaking re- of Manning, there's a new Manning on the way. He is. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of, yeah, speaking of all of that, I really hope that college football does a little bit of a soul-searching with the way that it's designed right now. Like, not that, you know, I, like, I don't mind dynasties and things like that, but, like, with the way that uh, the NIL is and transfer portals and stuff like that, the uh, the NCAA just basically pulled the pin on their grenade, rolled it into the room, like, all right, guys, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> What a way to describe yeah, it's just that! Like the rich get richer. Yeah, and um, and uh, a lot of in a lot of states, a lot of states have uh, different NIL laws than uh, than other ones. Like, I mean, Texas is pretty much free to do whatever they want to, give as much money to whoever they want. You can't do that in Mississippi. So, you this a lot of states are in a lot of schools are at a significant recruiting disadvantage because of that. Mm. And um, it's going to be interesting too, like with. Ole Miss and Mississippi State, like uh, you got teams that are kind of really hitting the transfer portal, like basically like using it as free agency and reloading. And so, like you know, is that going to stand the test of time, or is it going to be, or is it still even beneficial to try to bring in freshmen and bring them up through your system if if those guys are just going to be gone after yeah. two years? Let let them go play for another school for two years and then bring them in. Yeah, yeah, interesting. So you would say standardization needs to occur yes. across all of it to, yes everybody yeah. needs to be playing by the same rules that'd be a start yeah well that's kind of a danger of of innovation right i mean it takes a while for things to kind of catch up and, mm-hmm. and stabilize and, and because of the transfer portal, it's going to really hurt things like high school seniors there were fewer high school seniors signed this year than any other year and um because they're just they're they're they save spots for transfers now and it's wow. really going to hurt junior colleges well yeah. i think this is just americans getting used to how the rest of the world does soccer yeah. Where you have these players that play with clubs, and then they do they like borrow them, and like they'll play, and you have overlapping seasons with different, and the complexity of all that, and how much money goes into it is just, it's hard to keep up with from here. Mm-hmm. But um, we're just starting think, to get a little I, I taste of what that kind of looks like, and it's like chaos. Yeah, you know? and I, but I think the diff, the big difference though is like you know yeah you can you can pluck somebody off another team bring them onto your soccer team they're gonna have a good idea what to do that's not this it's not the same as in football if you don't i mean you you go onto another team you might as well have to learn a completely different language yeah it really is i guess so yeah there's i mean it's the ted lasso effect we could just call it that (laughs) you know what i mean yeah speaking of ted lasso we got to get to recommends 
Apple okay. TV seems to come up almost every episode. So I'm maybe. not doing a TV show. I've made up my mind. <laughs> I, you feel bad else. about it? Something else. <laughs> okay. I just uh, I I watched uh, the first season of Reacher on Prime. Yeah, so I, I like I, that. Yeah, this I got into, everywhere. I got yeah, I got into for a while. I read like the first six or seven books and really uh, really enjoyed it. I didn't watch the movie because I just can't buy Tom Cruise's Reacher because Reacher's supposed to be. Six five this and two hundred fifty. Yeah. We've pounds. talked about this before. Yeah, yeah. It was but uh, yeah. So if you're if you're looking for something, I mean, it's got plenty of um, uh, you know, mystery uh, to it, and uh, and uh, some just kind of really entertaining uh, action kind of thriller stuff. It's good. Yeah, I watched it too. I liked it a lot, and it was just like the book, really, the mm-hmm. first book. So I thought that was good. It followed the book really close, which and, I really enjoyed. And he actually looked like Jack Reacher, unlike uh, Tom Cruise when he played him <laughs> in the movie. I was like. That was this odd first scene in that movie too. It's like this guy's playing a total bad A, but it's Tom Cruise. Like I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. really confused. confused Where is this movie going to go from here? So, but this remedies that. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, this guy's. He, I mean, he. Loves oh yeah, I've seen good. him. I'm like, yeah. I've read. I read those books. That's like my nighttime reading. Actually, those Reacher mm-hmm. books, and uh, it's exactly what I pictured. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, it's crazy. It's it's mm-hmm. crazy how spot on. It was when I saw that advertised, I was like, oh, dang, I kind of pictured. Yeah. That's kind of what think, I pictured. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's a, uh, a shout out to Lee Child, the author. He's so descriptive yeah. with everything. He really knows how to paint a picture when he, uh, when he writes those stories. <laughs> wow. We just got really poetic there. It Good did. job, guys. What a great recommend. Hunter, are you scanning your, uh, yeah, I'm your books find, over there? Yeah, I'm trying to find the book. He's, he just Googled th- something to recommend. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's trying to sort through all his books. He's uh, like, flossing. No, too nerdy, too geeky, <laughs> too historical, recommended before. Like, I know what this scroll looks like over yeah, there. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I ran out of uh, books to recommend. Um, Caleb, did you have one? No. Uh, so is this has to be a book or is this? Be whatever you want. So one thing I'll recommend is, and this has been something that I think just as I've gotten to know different people in our gym, uh, specifically like our smaller community of the gym, um, there's been a lot of people that have had like just this life-changing experiences in going to counseling even before they need to. This is like a way deep kind of a twist, but if someone's thinking about like going to counseling for something, go and do it. Like it can Mm. be the most life-changing like hinge moment to have that freedom, to have someone that is a professional to give advice. I think more and more we see like advice just get thrown out, like based on one person's, you know, very narrow minded opinion on things. And there's a lot of people that are going through things that are creating stress and creating um, a challenge with nutrition and body composition change and their approach to fitness and all these different things they care about. And a lot of that stress comes from things that can be accomplished in an hour with a professional. Yeah. Mm. So this is something my wife and I have both been this last year. Um, I hope she doesn't. She got mad at me for saying something about uh, her back time. But it's been really cool. So both of us have had that. We've both been talking about our experiences. So instead of just getting home at the end of the day and me giving her my opinion on what she's going through, it's who like that? She has someone. <laughs> does, that, does that happen? Like a, a good fit? <laughs> no. So that's kind of deep. But I've done a bunch of TV shows, and there's anyway. So I think uh, I think for recommends, if you haven't, like go and do it. Just trust the process. It can be when you get out of there, like it can be some of the most freeing, uh, like some of the most freeing uh, experiences that you'll ever have is going and just meeting with someone. Yeah, so it was good. I, I started the summer of 2020. I still do it to this day. It's been one of the best things I've ever done. Yeah. Sure. I, I c- couldn't recommend it more. I started like kind of with more intense weekly stuff 
and then was able to just because some things happened in my life get into a monthly rhythm. Yeah, it's amazing how helpful that is. I mean, mm-hmm. you wouldn't think that sitting down with someone listening to you for one hour a month would would do any good. And what it does is it it doesn't make you wait until your life is falling apart before you feel like you need to go. You can go with something that doesn't seem like a big deal, and you actually end up making progress into a preventative step. Yes, or you make progress into something you thought was you've been pushing down that you didn't think was as big of a deal, that all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, that influences almost every thought I have throughout the day. Or, um, you know, your relationships all of a sudden become healthier because you're more empathetic because you've just, you know, you know all the things you're going through. So then you start seeing other people and you see them as, oh, they're probably dealing with a lot of things that Mm. I have no idea about. And when you have that empathy, all of a sudden your relationships with people become really healthy. They see you in a different light because you have that encouragement towards them. So, Hey, solid recommend. That's good. That's good. I make a motion that we uh, extend Caleb's contract for another two episodes. (laughs) Let's do it. All right. All right. Well, that wraps it up for us. Uh, I got one. No, 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 no. no, no, no. We don't want it. I don't want your third tier recommend for your book. This ain't going to be a book. This is going to be a a curveball here. All right. I'll allow it. I'm going to recommend that the weather's getting nice out there. Go eat some crawfish. Sun's out, guns oh, out. Oh, yeah. Get some, yeah. Get some spicy crawfish. There you go. Get out in the sun, get some vitamin D, and well, eat, I'm allergic, eat some so. <laughs> Are you one of those guys like, <laughs> no, it's got to be, they got to be uh, yes. prepared at home? Or no, can no, you go? I, like, I like mud bugs if you go there. That's the only crawfish I like around here. Or if you find ribs. somebody from Louisiana to prepare them, then either way. <laughs> Could you show me your birth certificate before I eat this crawfish? All right, cool. Yeah, I'll jump in on that. I'll jump in on that. Does, does it pass like your gut health thing, the whole crawfish deal? I'm going this weekend, actually. Uh, my granddad... 87 Tom's years old. Uh, my grandmother passed away this last year, and it's their anniversary, so all the family's getting together. Look at that. And we're going to go hang out with them and do crawfish. Yeah, crawfish. Saturday. So such I'll a, be there. Yeah, couple such a days. Yeah, meal. I'll see you guys yeah. there. Cool, yeah. What's the address again in time? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. So go out to Louisiana. Everybody. Yeah, Louisiana. We'll be in Louisiana. <laughs> Just go south on 55. Yeah. If you get to the ocean, you're going a little too far. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Tell that's Steve, we said hello. Yeah, stay tuned uh, for next episode where we say even smarter things. Ooh, I don't know. Setting the bar looks so high. <laughs> He's still going over there. Silky smooth sounds.